I'd have blokes that were well known who could fight and everything, and they'd become these blokes' minders. And I used to give them blood pellets. I used to put in their my mouth and I'd say, just set him up, tell him he'd go on round to buy these, you know, the, all these um, uh, Buddha sticks or whatever it was going to be. And uh, I'd have some good ones on top and the rest would be dog biscuits all sliced oh, up really? for the bandsaw. <laughs> so he'd say, all right, and I'd turn up and I'd say, now, as soon as you get out of the car, I'll put my hand up on the side of your face and I'll, I'll fake hit you, right? And you go down and bite the pellet and the claret will go everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Just fake blood pellet, but as soon as they get out, I just can't get them. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, uh, I remember, like, we got away with fucking that many of them. It was just unbelievable. All right, people, welcome back to the search, everybody. Season two, first episode of season two. I've been missing you. I know you've been missing me, but here we are. Today's guest is one that you've been asking for since I first started the search. Since episode one of the last season, you've been asking for him. He's a legendary Sydney crim, self-confessed bank robber and standover man who began his criminal career as a teenager doing armed robberies. Ended up meeting Nettie Smith in Parramatta Jail in 1973. You already know who he is now. The two formed an infamous gang who ran riot in Sydney through the 70s and 80s, received a green light from corrupt police, magistrates and judges to continue their rampant criminal operations. He's been depicted in a TV series, Blue Murder. He's written his own book. And today he's appearing on The Search. Welcome to the podcast, Graham Abo Henry. How are you, brother? Thanks, mate. Yeah, good to be here, buddy. Bro, you're very popular. Everybody's, oh. I don't know if you've seen the comment section, you don't go on social media yeah. much, but ever since I first dropped the first like episode of this series, everyone's been asking for you. My yeah. inboxes, this and that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, right. So how how are you finding the yeah, uh, social fine. media well, life? I'm fine on social media life. Good <laughs> <bit> strange. <laughs> <laughs> certainly out there, I can tell you. Yeah. Sitting around talking about your life just for yeah. you know, uh Brother, let's start from the beginning, bro. Yep. I'm very interested. Where do you, so you're from Sydney? Yeah, originally from Sydney, yeah. Yep. Stayed down here all, all my life until Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? I, actually, when I was a kid, yep. I, I grew up around... Uh, I was born in in uh, Eastwood, actually, in a private hospital there. I mean, I was born there, but then we moved out to Sylvania as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, you know, two and three years of age. Uh, stayed out there till I was about uh, five or six, and we moved to San Susie. Yep. And uh, my parents, uh, my mother and father, uh, bought a, a milk bar, an old milk bar ruler. Local louts used to hang around. And, oh, beautiful. When's and, this, uh, the 60s then? Yeah, it would have been, yeah, like late 60s, 50s. Late 50s, You yeah. know, and then we moved from there. My old man's drinking caused too much problems. I uh, used to get on the mefo and uh, mix it with tomato juice or... Damn. You know, plus <laughs> fucking tablets he was on from the yep, war. Yep. Uh, oh, he was in the war, right? Yeah, he was in the he, Second War. He got uh, injured. And he got injured. And uh, he came home full of these tablets called Fenobarb. Mm. And they were actually barred off the market in the 70s because they were like trips. Oh, that's you know, they, they'd make him spin out. And then on top of the alcohol, well, he was a fucking lunatic. So, you know, uh, and I grew up just watching him flog my mother to, like a prize fighter. You know, Jeez. so it uh, put the wind up me as a kid. Probably took the piss out of me a bit, really. Uh, you know, and fucking made me a little bit... Um, not so self-confident about myself. Yeah. You know, I was fucking terrified of him, to tell you the truth. Really? And uh, then uh, we ended up moving to my grandfather's house in in Epping when I was about 10. Sort of grew up around there and then that went bad with me, I mean, drinking again. And then my grandfather died at the age of 99 or something and uh, so we moved to his house in Epping. Epping, yeah. And uh, Epping was like all bush when I was a kid, and uh, and this property went for about half a mile, but uh, it's fucking be worth a fortune today. Yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, it was just a really old house, had no electricity, uh, we had candles, uh, had to, you know, heat up your food with uh, wood with on a stove. Jeez, it was that and, old yeah, school. And uh, had to go down the backyard with a bucket boiled in the copper, Put it and then carry it up the stairs and put it in the bath in the and bath. do about 20 fucking runs. To, wow. So, you know, it gave me a good standing, really. Yeah. I think it made me strong inside me and the way we were brought up, I just thought it was normal. Yeah. You know, like it was like Christmas time. I look at my kids now at Christmas and they get, 
you know, 100 presents each. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd get a singlet or a fucking Biggles yeah. book or something. <laughs> a a singlet, eh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Pajamas. Uh, and be happy you got that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, then uh, from uh, Epping, I stayed there right there through my teenage years. You so say you went to school around there? Yeah, Epping. I went to school uh, in Epping Public. Yep. And then I went to Epping High School only for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I left at 14 uh, so I could help my mother out. Uh, yeah. My old man had... Uh, you know, as I say, was always on the piss and being a brutal bastard. Yeah. So, you know, playing I started sport. started working, being an apprentice tiler. Oh, yeah. Wall and floor tiler. You playing sport when you were that young? Oh, uh, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, I did everything. You know, yeah. better rugby league. Ru- ru- I was better at union, actually. Uh, oh, really? You played union? Yeah, because I, they always put me in the forwards. I played breakaway and I loved yeah. it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah And nice. uh, I, I could get into it. And then when I played league, they'd always put me on the wing and I fucking hate that. You know? <laughs> but as I grew older, they only put me on there for the fights. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They yeah, said, come yeah. on, man, we need you. Yeah. <laughs> Get him off the bench. Yeah, you know, so thinking. that was it. So, uh, so I, I really grew up around them in my teenage years and uh, the brutality uh, through me old man became that bad that, um, uh, you know, from the age of 13, I was fist fighting him on the front lawn Fair and... And trying to stop him bashing me mum, you know. Anyway, he kept on getting away with me, getting away with me. And then uh, I got to about 16 and I'd been learning to fight. And uh, the North North Sydney Police Force. And uh, Oh, boxing? Yeah, yeah, you know. So, uh, and I told the trainer there, I said, that's all I want to learn for. I said, so I can flog him. He couldn't (laughs) believe it, you know. So... I, I ended up going Imagine home. Imagine you told him that these days, though. Hey? Imagine you told him that these oh, days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Docs, police. Oh, mate, they'd be yeah. fucking horrified. Yeah, you'd have the <laughs> so streets around it. Oh, 100%. And, you know. So, you, yeah, so yeah, you accepted so, it. So, I just um, I went home there one night and uh, I found that um, she wasn't in her bedroom, that he'd put himself in there. They hadn't slept together for years. Yeah. And uh, he'd barricaded all the doors up for some fucking reason. He must have been off his dial or something on these pills and the piss. Anyway, I went looking for my mother and then found blood all over the kitchen. So I fucking bolted. Well, I'd been living on the streets, you know, because I couldn't live at home. I couldn't stand it. Mm-hmm. So, But I'd always go back and check on her. So I went back and anyway, I found her under the house covered in blood clots. What? Said, yeah, like clots of blood yeah, yeah. she had. So he'd give her a really bad serve. Her face was all up. So I just lost it, run in there, kicked the fucking door in and um, pulled, badged him in the bed, pulled him on the floor and badged him. Yep. And then I uh, I ran up the hallway and got a big two-pronged barbecue fork and stabbed him in the chest, the face. Lost the fucking plot, was crying while I was doing fucking, just yeah. lost the plot. And uh, my mother stopped me actually. And uh, in a way, I guess I'm glad she did, but... Mm. But uh, at the end of the day, he deserved it, you know, and uh, and I was glad I fucking did it. Mm. And uh, and at the end of the day, it stopped him, but didn't stop him king it me. Yeah, you know, already, I, yeah. I'd just be sitting down at dinner or something, and he'd just king it me. Oh, you know, yeah. so bang, I'd get up and fucking whack him or hit him with a poker. Or did you get in trouble for that? No. Oh, no, and he never gave me up. So different, eh? Uh, he never gave me up. Yeah. And uh, it, even when he went to the. To the hospital. hospital when yeah. he came back, when he when he got out of the hospital, oh, his jaw was broken, no, <laughs> and all his ribs and you know plunged the puncher holes that were in him, mm. and um, he come back and all his war medals were on the table and he had a note there and he said, for every rib you break and every bone you broke in my body, take one of these, hero. <laughs> Right, so I went in and I fucking threw him at him and said, you probably didn't deserve him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And of course, I'm sure he fucking did. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's just how I felt about so him. Felt, yeah. But um, so uh, just from time to time, I'd slip back and just check on my mother, make sure she was all right. Bruh, can I ask you, because the whole you've always thought you were Spanish. Always, yeah. And until, what, what happened? Well, my mother actually came from England as a kid and... Yeah. And uh, because the Spaniards raided uh, Wales and all that, where yep, she yep. come from as a kid, I naturally, you know, from stories she told me, that's yep. where my dark skin come from. Yep, but yep. she was actually covering over a secret that uh, <laughs> was held in the family for years and years. And and now I understand why my father hated me guts because, I mean, he'd already come home to his first wife from the first war and yeah. another bloke answered the door. No way. So he <laughs> left that family, then married this one, then me... My mother 
had an affair yeah. and uh, with an Indigenous bloke yeah. um, who, who was a, worked on the buses or something like that. And yeah. um, anyway, yeah, he came from down around the, the Sutherland Shire way. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I didn't find that out until my sister was dying. When I wrote the book, I actually put in there that I was Spanish. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember I blowing thought, yeah, up yeah. in the papers. Oh, they were saying, oh, we thought he was Samoan or Maltese. Yeah, or yeah. I fucking come up with all this shit. <laughs> anyway, when my sister was dying, she had a, a, a really serious cancer that uh, was a real rare one. And it was in the lining of her stomach somewhere. So I went up and she was going and she said, look, I better tell you this before. She said, I said, oh, I was adopted. She said, no. She said, uh, mum's your mum, mm. but, uh, you know, Seth wasn't your father, like the bloke who raised you. Far out. And I said, I said, well, that wouldn't fucking surprise me. But, uh, but it sort of, you know, I had yeah. a big think about it later and I ended up yeah. uh, running it past the, the local Awabakal uh, mob yep. at, uh, that I became very good friends with and run it past them and I ended up getting me paperwork. But, I mean, if I ever look back at me first daughter from... Uh, a girl that I never yeah. told you about. I was actually with her yep. in 1969 to 70 or something and then she died. She was a diabetic and she had a child and when she had this child, she was so dark. The spitting image of me, but yeah. dark as dark. And so yeah, was I as a younger yeah. bloke. As I've got older, I've seemed to have lost that yeah. that darkness. But... Um, but uh, and and she were actually works for the Aboriginal people yeah, at the yeah. moment, you know, uh, placing children in homes and yeah, yeah. all sorts of things. But it's funny because even my other children, when they went to have children, they said, "Oh, were you Aboriginal?" And uh, they said, "No." I yeah, mean, yeah. you met one of them this afternoon. Yeah, she yeah. said, "No, yeah, I'm not yeah. Aboriginal." And they said, "Well, it's funny. You've got this black line. When they were pregnant, all Indigenous women get a black line from their." up to their navel. Oh, really? Yeah, they get this black oh, line yeah. up there. And uh, and that's why they asked them. Yeah. And, uh, and they both said, no, I've got no idea. Anyway, yeah, then we found out yeah. all these years later that I actually was and, and here it was, me mates calling me Abbo at 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you the know, hell, so yeah. it must have been just... I thought it was the skinny legs and the flat <laughs> nose, but you know what I mean? Ah, oh, that's a grouse. Eh? Yeah, you know, yeah. so unbelievable. Wait, what, but, tell me the stuff, because obviously... 85% of people that are, know you yeah. know you from the, obviously, the Blue Murder series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Like that, that is extreme. Yeah. Also, like, that is, like, close to the pinnacle of Australian crime stories. You know oh, what I mean? It's like okay. extreme stories. Yeah. What, what, what was the significant point in that that went from straight thug in Eastwood yeah. area yeah, yeah, to, yeah. like, just storming around King's Cross and, like, wait, yeah. how did that happen? Yeah. Well, I just started to run with different blokes, I guess. Once you hit that system yeah you know the old prison system you start to find new yeah. friends and i started getting around marrickville and leichardt and with the different knockabout blokes mm. and um in those days were they more um because i love old sydney but yeah. i know nothing about yeah. it were those days was see how you started hanging around marrickville and leichardt maybe erskineville areas yeah. were they more criminal oh, inclined there? oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Because nowadays very, you never think of... Well, they were the slums, you know. Like, they were, yeah, know, yeah. Nowadays right. if you told someone Leichhardt and they'll be like, no, who, rich yeah. people, this and that. Exactly. And like, you got to go to Bonnie Rig to like know criminals same with back Balmain in the days. And, you know, Glebe, Balmain, just across the road. Yeah, here, Glebe's you know, like, yeah. Unbelievable. Balmain and Glebe's like you know? Bank Robber Central. That's right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and uh, so all, all that area, all, all the inner suburbs were like the slums. Yeah. And, um, you know, and they were some... Art old school, nuts here. Mm. But I started, you know, look, I had this fantasy. I don't know where. I can always remember as a kid even thinking to myself, I'm going to be a fucking gangster. I don't know why. I I think it came from watching shows like The Untouchables, which used to be on the telly all the time. Yeah. That was the only piece my mother and I ever had was watching that. Oh, really? Ollie Man was out on the piss somewhere, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we'd watch that together. And fucking, um, she loved Elliot Ness, the copper, yeah. and and I liked all the crooks. Yeah. And I'm there cruising around with the good sorts and the, yeah. all the monies and, and blowing everyone up with the fucking dumb, <laughs> dummy guns, yeah. and, right? And I so, and then I started sticking up big photos on my wall, on my bedroom wall. Well, everyone else usually had pictures of Sheila or racing car drivers yeah. or 
I, I had one of John Dillinger with oh, a really? big fucking submachine yep. gun under his arm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a very famous photo, actually. Yeah. And uh, it was taken while he was on the run when he escaped. Anyway, so I started sort of, you know, really taking it on board. And so the crimes that I started to do, I needed different blokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I hit the prison system, now this is when the drugs first really started coming out big time, like the marijuana, um, heroin started hitting the streets. Speed. You know, and we used to get videos at school watching these blokes whacking up the thing. I'd go, what the fuck? What mm. the fuck? You know, and I always thought to myself, there's no way in the world I'm going to fucking do that to myself. Yeah. But I always, all of my mates around me, bar about five of the team that I run with and hoisted, all got on the gear. Yeah. All got on the heroin. And I started running around robbing all them. I was robbing them and then robbing the fucking, um, the, the main dealers, mm-hmm. you know. And I took a dislike and do them all, you know what I mean? And I thought, fuck, full feet fucking trade this is, you know. Mm. But look, at the end of the day, we all have choices, don't mm-hmm. we? Yep. I always say that to people, you know. I had an argument with a bloke just not long ago and he said... Mate, well, you know, you were selling tonnes of drugs and you were selling... And I said, listen, if you go home pissed and flog your fucking wife and bash your fucking kids, are you going to blame the publican or are you going to blame your fucking self? Yeah. And he said, oh, I'll blame myself. And mm. I said, well, well, don't blame the fucking bloke who's fucking that's supplying right. the drugs, mate. 100%. So, you know, so, so that's the way it turned out. So I started robbing them. I robbed a couple of really big, well-known bands in their day. Oh, yeah. I won't say who they bands were. Bands like music. Like, yeah, oh, yeah music yeah. bands <laughs> who were really big yep. in the Buddha sticks and yep, all yep. that. And I uh, got a few of them, like, big time. And I thought, oh, this is all right. This sort of cash, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking fifteen and 20,000, 30,000 in them days. And I'm talking early 70s, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, and There's I'm people going, that get less than that for robberies nowadays. That's right, <laughs> you know. Like, I've seen blokes doing 28 years for getting 18 grand or yeah, something, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I started to think that way and then, you know, I'd even set up blokes and I'd have blokes that were well-known who could fight and everything and they'd become these blokes' minders and I used to give them blood pellets. Mm. I used to put in their fucking mouth and I'd say, just set him up, tell him he'd go around to buy these, you know, the, all these fucking um, uh, Buddha sticks or whatever it was going to be and uh, I'd have some good ones on top and the rest would be fucking dog biscuits all sliced oh, up really? with a bandsaw. <laughs> With bands around them, yeah. you know, just in bags, right? Yeah. And I'd just fill up a fucking bag, say they wanted a thousand of them. Well, that was worth, say, 15 grand in yeah, the day, yeah. right? So I'd say, you know, we need a couple of thousand of them. So, so we'd say, all right, and I'd turn up and I'd say, now, as soon as you get out of the car, I'll put my hand up the side of your face and I'll, I'll fake hit you, right? And you go down and bite the pl- pellet and the claret will go everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. This fake blood pellet. But, yeah. but as soon as they'd get out, I'd just king hit them. I wouldn't. Oh really? <laughs> you know, I, mean, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I always fucking turned it around the other way. But uh, I remember, like, we got away with fucking that many of them. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. But uh, look, in the end, I used to even steal informers' cars. I remember a stolen informers' car one day. Yeah. He come from around West Ride area. Uh, Triumph Stag, red one, bright red it was, and uh, he was a police informer. So I stole his car out of the driveway and did the fucking rip-off in that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. they got they got this bloke and they give him the worst fucking hiding, yo, yo. you know. <laughs> and uh, so it was his right whack. He deserved what he got. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so it just got bigger and bigger. Everything started to get a bit bigger. And then I I, I dropped my brother-in-law off one night. I, I, was, I met his sister, who's my wife now. Mm-hmm. I've been married to her for 49 years. Wow. So... By this time, I'm, you know, 20 years of age. So I, I meet her and um, and I start knocking around every now and then with the brother-in-laws. But they were like surfies. Mm-hmm. You know, they were in the fucking surf all the yeah, time. Yeah. One of them was. And one of them had just done a little bit of boys' home and a bit, bit, bit of a smarty with his mouth. So anyway, I started to have a bit of a drink with them a few times and then um, until I had to clip one of them. You know, and then uh, I dropped off him. But uh, anyway, and by was, clip you mean bash? Yeah, right. Oh, bash him. Yeah, you weren't just serve. randomly just yeah, like yeah, to shoot yeah. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just yeah. give him a t- touch yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You know. So uh, anyway, one, so one night I'm taking the other brother, 
uh, the older brother, around with me and just going to drop them off. We've been out on the piss. And I dropped them off out the front of the, this bloke's house, his mate's house, and the back window was down. Now, as we were driving off, his silly mate went boom, and grabbed his long hair because he was a Serb, he was down back here, grabbed it, and I'm still driving off and he's hanging on to his hair. So he said, pull the car up. So the next minute they're out and they're into it. Mm. Well, I've ended up in this bloke's property and uh, it was right next door to this doctor surgery that we all went to and uh, in Dundas. Mm-hmm. So... Next minute, they're into it, having this mad punch on. And um, next minute, all these other blokes run out of the house. Well, what they were, they were Commonwealth police. Really? Right? Yeah. And uh, they worked at the postal service, uh, like getting the drugs and all yeah, that, yeah. you know. So they were up to no good. Whatever they were up to, they were all together in this house. Anyway, they run out and bang, and they're into my brother-in-law. So I said, oh, here we fucking go. So out of the car, I get into them. Yeah. Punched the crap out of them. I got one of them down on the ground. I couldn't help myself. Got a dirty big lucky stone out of this big fish pond and caved his head in with it. Yeah. And uh, they had to rebuild his face and uh, with wire. And uh, anyway, they ended up getting a bond. They'd never been in trouble before. Mm-hmm. And next minute, uh, about two months later, no one had caught me. I got in an argument with a cab driver. And I said, listen, mate, I was here first. I'm, he said, no, your cab's coming, you call one. You know how you call them up? Mm-hmm. Well, but I'm waiting at the cab rank. I was first there, then the train come in, right? Yeah. So everyone's coming behind me. And I said, no, I'm first. And he said, no, yours is coming. I said, well, I just stopped in the cab. Yeah. So he comes around and tries to pull so me out. Well, yeah. So that was the end of him. So down he went. Yeah. And then I went down to Ride Eastwood Leagues Club and... Uh, Next week, a minute, it must have gone over the radio when the coppers realised it was me. Anyway, that next minute, they're into me in the club. Right? Four big detectives. And one, when I say big, he was like, you're, yep. what are you, about 6'5"? Four, yeah. 6'4", yep. he lived six with six. Detective yep, yep. Dean, his name was. Giant of a bloke. And, uh, you know, I was a fucking kid like yeah, that, yeah. fucking stick. Anyway, I jumped out and... Uh, anyway, they punched the crap out of me. But as I got outside... As they were getting me to the doorway, I'd put my feet up on the door and fucking push them backwards and oh, yeah. headbutt them and fucking do everything. So they finally get me outside, handcuffed <laughs> <laughs> my hands behind me back, laid me on me back, and they all got on top of me and punched the living daylights out of me, Rob. Why they had that fucking big. So anyway, as we got down the lane, I said, well, you're pretty tough fucking just fucking flogging me like that. And yeah. you take the cuffs off? And I said, and I'll fight you. I said, the detective mm. Dean, right? This six foot six buck. And he said, uncuff him, because we're in this alley by this mm. time. So as soon as they uncuff me, I go, whack, mm-hmm. snot him, right? He, I rocked him back. That's all I did to him, because he was such a giant. Yeah. I could hardly reach him. So I just virtually run to, to this fence to frame myself over it to get it to escape. <laughs> and Plus about, your head's already caved in. Yeah. yeah. And about 20 feet of this fence comes down. It's just rotten, you know. Yeah. Oh, fucking backyard fences all yeah. joined together. So they ask how red I go yeah. and they get me, handcuff me again, flog me again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, next morning I turn up in the court and the old crash craddock's there again, the yeah. old magistrate that hates me guts. And I just dropped me drawers in the fucking court. Me nuts were black. I had boot polish all over me from oh, where no they were way. kicking me. Dead. You know, lock off their fucking yeah. chairs and their boots. And uh, anyway, they get, give me a fucking horrible lot. And yeah. Anyway, uh, they said, uh, clean yourself up before you go into court. I said, no, way in the world, this is how I'm going yeah, in, boy. Yeah, yeah. So I went in there like that. Anyway, that was the first day I looked like getting through the break. And then I walked outside and who's fucking standing yeah, yeah, there? Yeah. These three Commonwealth coppers oh. and all his faces fucking wrapped up and fucking bandaged. And, so right? so he's already had the operation. Yeah. So they said, that's him. That's him, yeah. Uh, bang, out to the bay I go. And uh, I had a poison knuckle at the time. And it got all poisoned and infected and run up my arm. Oh, no way. And I got out of the bay and, you know, where you stand at the reception, I got oh. on the yellow line. I just went, whack, out like a fucking line. Oh, really? Well, I near died. A blood poison? Yeah, yeah, from the uh, septicemia. Septicemia, yeah. So, uh, anyway, they uh, ended up calling me girl out, you know, at the time, my wife, and, uh, and uh, said, uh, you know, he's on his way out. Far right. Anyway, I woke up about four days later with my arm in this traction with up here. 
Anyway, I got through the break and yeah. But uh, where they take you? Long, uh, long, long, long Bay Hospital. hospital. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, was that twelve and thirteen wing back then, or was it, it somewhere no, else? No, that was in between. It was up near the old MRP in the middle. Yep. Oh, in the middle. So yep, it was yep. part of that, part, right, yeah, just yeah. at the back of the MRP, at the back of the yards. Yeah, a small part. Yeah. And then the remand was down the bottom, yeah. you know. But um, so uh, where were we? So yeah, so that happened. So I ended up getting a really good barrister. And then I realised, hello, 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 we found the right man here. So uh, we got this barrister and he got me moved out to Penrith. Mm-hmm. So I went before this judge and the judge gave me a three-year suspended sentence. Well, they were fucking filthy, these Commonwealth really? coppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he made it that way that they couldn't appeal it, yeah. you know. And uh, and uh, and he said, yeah, description of him's not that fucking good anyway. So yeah. anyway, he gave me a three-year suspended sentence, so I was fucking blessed. blessed. Yeah, blessed. You know, so uh, so next minute I, I got married uh, to my wife and uh, I thought, oh, fuck it, I better get a job. So I looked around for a job and I ended up getting a job as a bouncer at fucking um, Redfern. Yeah. And, and it was right on the corner of Redfern Avenue Botany Road and and, and, um, and Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it was called the Rocky Horror Cafe. Now, yeah. it was only a place for, like, people that were tripping. Yeah. And here it was right near the Empress Hotel, which was the Blackfellas pub in them days. And, you know, and all the quarries. And, and it was right near... And it was a fucking bloodhouse. Like, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. walked in there and you were a white guy in them days, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd want to be real fucking <laughs> sweet with them. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd come out in a fucking bag, yeah, you know? Yeah. So... But they all knew me. I'd grown up with them, been in the cam with yep. them, things like that. So anyway, every fucking night they were up there. You know, when I was on the door, they'd say, we're coming in tonight. I was saying, mate, private fucking party. Yeah. Because the, the boss just didn't want them coming in and yeah. upsetting the patrons. Because yeah. they were trippers. They weren't fucking drinkers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was a restaurant as well. So this is where I run into John Stuart Regan. This is my first touch with the real underworld, you yep. know. What was his name? John Stewart. John Stewart Regan. John Stewart Regan. And uh, he'd already killed about uh, eight people. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a very willing bloke, ran prostitutes, used to flog them. And he, he killed a young kid. Yeah. He uh, took this kid uh, from the prostitute and took her into Martin Place. He said he went in there to buy a paper one Sunday morning. And because he was dirty on the shield of stand over her, and uh, she didn't want to comply with him and work with him anymore. He, he said someone kidnapped the kid. It was fucking headlines. Everyone knew he'd killed him. What the fuck? And the underworld turned on him. And That's and and they were all going to... And he always wanted to be part of the Lenny McPherson gang. Yeah. Now, there was only one gang in town in those days, and that was his gang. Yeah. You know, I'm talking real organised crime where cops are getting paid, magistrates, judges, mm. you know, premier of the state, fucking everyone. They had all the illegal gambling Where places. Where was he situated? Darlinghurst area? E- everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, everywhere around there. Yeah. You know, through Balmain, all, all oh, the betting really? shops. If you opened up a, a casino anywhere, you had to pay them. Oh, really? If you, if you opened up spread. an SP, you yeah. had to fucking pay them. Yeah, yeah, You know? And that's the way it was. And um, and they, they they really ruled the roost. They were a pretty heavy fucking crew. So everyone turned on this Regan fellow. Yeah, so they all got dirty on him. And then... One night I was just standing on the door and this bloke come through the fucking door. Well, I didn't have a clue who he was. Mm. And I had my feet across the door just so no one would get in because we were taking money on the door. Mm. And I used to give, put some of the money in my pocket, some to the boss, and then some would go up to the desk sergeant at Redfern yep. with a bottle of fucking whiskey. Yep, yep, yep. You know, because we are taking money on the door and we weren't supposed to be doing it, mm. right? So. So anyway, so I got my legs across the door. Next minute, this bloke just walked through, throws my legs out of the road. He's about 31, I suppose, and said, uh, get out of the road, boy. Get your legs out of the road, boy. I'm like, what the fuck are you? What does he uh, look like? White fella? Uh, white fella, yeah, yeah. Fucking uh, about the same height as uh, me yeah, in yeah. those days, around the six foot. Um, uh, he had flat hair at the time. He yeah. did have fucking like yeah, the old yeah. Rocky one as he was younger. So he comes through. And uh, anyway, he just said... Uh, and his fat mate said, oh, don't fucking do anything to him, mate. That's Johnny Regan. I went, fuck who is, mate? <laughs> I walked in and he, I could see him talking to the boss. Well, there was there was machines in there that 
organised crime on, and you'd 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 fire the ball. It was like a pinball machine, yeah. but the balls would go into holes, and you had to get them in a sequence. And if you did, they'd pay you be under the table yeah. behind the bar. Yeah. So he went in there, and he's arguing with him over it. So as I walked up behind him, I could see the boss looking. He was a little gay Greek bloke. Yeah. He looking at me like he fucking eyes went. Wait, so all you these know. pubs and that, they had the organised crime fellas that come in and put this machine yeah, yeah. and that's their little hustle inside yeah, yeah. the pubs. Yeah, yeah, Wow. They're all the billiard rooms because yeah. there was billiard rooms all over like yeah. Pitt Street, Castle Ray Street, you know. Yeah. And so uh, then they'd rock up every so often as they yeah, just open the machine. Yeah, collection or, and yeah, hey. they was like the first pokies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, just little side things. Yep. And then uh, on top of everything else they did and uh, all the brothels and... Anyway, so next minute, he uh, – so I just looked at the boss like that and I could see him going, no. Yeah, yeah. And I just said, oh, fuck, like tapped him on chill, the shoulder and I went, wah. Oh, no you know, A little short one, down he went. Yeah. I dragged him outside. I remember I got him around the side and I give him the worst kicking <laughs> and then I'll give it to his fat mate as well on the garden seat. And I yeah. said, and tell that John Rugan to get fucked. I didn't know who he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, that night I went to the motor club later on and I was telling this bloke and he said, fuck, you didn't give a damn, did you? I said, yeah. He said, he said, mate, you know who it is. I said, yeah, the coppers told me. When they turned up, I went to pay him and they said, who's that there? I said, oh, I don't know, mate. Yeah. So they rolled him over and he said, that's the magician. I said, what's your fucking magician? He said, yeah, he makes everyone disappear. Oh, that's what they call And him. I said, oh, are you fucking serious? Yeah. And he said, yeah, mate. He said, fuck me, dead. I know. He said... You're going to have to fucking piss this job off. Yeah, I said, yeah. oh, I'm fucking leaving the job. So I, we used to wear like cummerbunds, big red sachets mm-hmm. when you're a bouncer in those days around yeah, your pants. Yeah. So I, I went and bought a British Bulldog 45 revolver and I carried that there. So I used to walk from the corner every night to the door, down to the corner, yeah. back fucking looking, watching, you know. Yeah. Anyway, about three months later I got locked up for uh, bashing them fucking Commonwealth cops. Yeah. And because uh, I was out on bail on that, plus yeah. I had that three years suspended sentence, so I got sent to uh, Parramatta Jail, and that was 1970, late 73, I think, and 1974, it came over the radio, and the whole jail just fucking cheered that John Stuart Regan had just been murdered with three guns in the lame way at back of Murray. Really, you'd have been um, cheering too. Fuck that! I thought you'd have thought, ah, oh, this that you know? one. <laughs> because by that time I'd learned a lot about him, yeah, you know, yeah. and I thought, oh, fucking clears. I'm glad I pulled yeah. him, but I'll have to watch me back. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. But uh, I think he was that fucking embarrassed about it. He never fucking he come back. Come or, back or, you know, I give him a fuck. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, so he got knocked, and that was that. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so what happened? That Lenny McPherson actually told me the story. Yeah. And uh, he said to me. He said, I'll tell you what happened to him. Because there's been a million stories about it. And anyway, I said, well, then, what's the real truth? And now that he's dead, I can say it. So he said he'd already killed a kid. And he said, and he was always writing letters on me car. And he'd say, oh, you shouldn't park your car here. Someone might get you, Len. I know where it is, so someone will... Oh, dropping hints and that. Yeah, like little fucking shit things like that, being a smart ass. One night he drives into his house in Prince Henry Street at... um, Prince Edward Street in Glazel, yeah. uh, just down from the old rat house, mental home there. And he said, um, next minute, Regan jumps out from behind a tree. And Len used to have a bulletproof shield in his car and he used to put it up on the statesman window like that. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he said, what are you doing here, John? And he said, I just want to have a talk to you, Len, because he always wanted to be part of the team. Yeah. But they were filthy on him since the kid They'd used yep. him up a bit over the years yep. and got him to pot a few, yep. right? And uh, they didn't have a massive big crew like Lenny and them, you know. They, yep. they really had about ten, but they had a network of hundreds, yep. you know. And they just looked after each other, like Stan Smith, Stan the man who was my one of my best mates, yep. Georgie Freeman, um, you know, those, those yeah, big names. Very big names, yeah. Right, so they were the big illegal game and blokes and, the, and Stan was the... The potter, mm-hmm. you know. So, anyway, they he turned up there at Lenny's place, and and he said, uh, "Well, come inside if you want to talk." So they get inside the house, and he said, "We're sitting down there talking." And then he said, "My kid walked past in his pajamas." 
right? And he said, and he looked at him, and he said, and the look in his eyes, just, I said to myself, that fucking dog wants to kill that kid. Really? No, that's how he felt about him. And he that's said... That's the vibes he gave off. So he's just a full putrid scumbag. Yeah, he was a scumbag. Yeah. And he said, I could just tell by the hatred in his eye. Really? And he said, and that was the night I said, fuck it, he's gone. He's done. So we went and seen the boys. Yeah. And they said, all right, you're in the team. So... Paddles Anderson rang him up, who was like really the Mr. Big in the day, before Lenny was. Yeah, Paddles and, Anderson. And he, yeah, Charles Paddles Anderson. And I uh, called him Paddles, massive big hands and feet, oh, you know. And they said, listen, they're going to put you in the team, the A team, mate. And he said, oh, you fucking beauty. And they said, but you can't bring any minders with you. you just got to turn up tonight, come down to the two-up game at Maricle. They walked down the lane and they met him down there, all right. Stan Lenny, another bloke, yeah. and uh, I won't say his name because yeah. his family are friends of mine, and um, and uh, they just filled him with uh, three guns full of fucking thirty-eight slugs really? and finished him off. So that was my first introduction, really, to that life, you know. Oh, well, yeah. And then I started doing fucking. I was still selling guns, and mm. I was actually there. There was a copper called um, what's his fucking name now, Stan. Stan Owens, he came from around North Ride mm. and he was the boss at Balmain. He's dead now. Mm. And he was he was selling hot guns. So I used to go and get the guns and fucking take them around and buy them for 200 and sell them for six. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they were going out the door like hot potatoes. They are all brand new. There's a lot of guns back then? You know, oh, yeah, yeah, fucking plenty. You know, and cheap as chips, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like today, if you had 10 of them, maybe flying. <laughs> you know what I want? But, 15, uh, 15 oh, grand for a oh, bloody pistol. <laughs> easy, easy. And uh, so, so I was earning like that. So I was already into the, I could see the corruption side of things. And, yeah. and then I ended up, as I say, I went to the Nick and uh, run into uh, Nettie Smith, Steve Nitties, gangsters like that from Melbourne. He just died not long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in his 80s. He was a lightweight champion in Australia. Yeah. A very willing man. They called him the bomber. He used to just fucking blow him up for the unions and yeah, yeah, bomb uh, people. And he a pretty willing bastard. And uh, anyway, he was the first bloke to ever... Uh, the toe cutters chased him to get his money because he robbed the um, the Guildford uh, armoured van yep. for $500,000 in 1970. Wow. Like, that's worth fucking yeah. $12 million today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was massive. So this team... Led by Kevin Gore, uh, Kevin Gore, um, Linus Driscoll, and two others. I forget their names now. Maloney, I think, was yeah, one of them. Yeah. Anyway, they started running around on behalf of this Fred Cray, who was the big Trump around the cross and, uh, yeah. you know, copper up there. Him and Keith Kelly. <clears throat> Keith Kelly, uh, Gunner Kelly, they called him. And uh, So, like... I'm getting from this that corrupt police are a lot more uh, widespread then than just the one scenario. Oh, well, they were all when, corrupt. Yeah, yeah. When, you, when you watch Blue Murder or you just generally hear about the, the yeah. docos and that, yeah. you just think all good police. Yeah. Then there's and, Roger Rogerson and, then there's and one his mates. Roger Rogers. And they're like, yeah, but from yeah. even just what you're saying they now, it's about selling um, Oh, they're all red yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. They're all red up. <laughs> yeah. You know? So this like, one up the cross, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, so... Um, where was I? Um, the, the cop up the cross, the boss cop, they're running around for you. Oh, him. yeah, yep. yeah, that was Fred Cray. So yeah. he, he had this team working for him and he virtually gave them the green light to go and do whatever they liked. They used, they were shoplifters and yep. so that – but when they shoplift, they shoplift in big ways, yeah. you know. And uh, that, that, they were brilliant at it. Same with Lenny's gang. They, and, they, and they were brilliant And is that just within his precinct? So like this yeah, got, yeah, it so had to, to be there. It can't be done like no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, right, no. So, yeah. Otherwise, you had to get permission of someone them. in yeah, Parramatta. Yeah. You know what yep, I mean? Yep, like yep. wherever it was, so yeah. they had to meet. So you know, anyone outside that circle of the organised crime, they had to try and make their own money. Yeah, yeah, somehow. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're all corrupt. I mean that they all had to fabricate. You know, if one copper said, "Well, you know." This is this is your statement. That's what you just wrote. Get fucked. It is. Yeah, yeah. And they try and give it to you. Say so put your prints on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you yeah. sit there like that and just yeah. cut the bash and you know what I mean. 
but they'd all join in on it and say yes, and he told me this, and yeah. it was all fucking the same. Yeah. Verbatim, they call it word yeah. for word, exact. Oh, really? You know, yeah. that's how it'd come out in the statements and their notebooks. It'd be all the same. Yeah. So like, well, he could write it down the same one. He's out in the room. Well, the yeah, judges yeah. had just cop it sweet. Yeah. So if you weren't in the swim, then you were going fucking down. You're fucked. Yeah. So you know. So when I met Smith in the can, he yep. was a, like a pretty towering big bloke, had a massive reputation. I heard he, he was like, uh, that's, you know, yeah. Even could, even by people I meet that don't like him, that think yeah. of him as they always that's something they always mention. They always mention he was a big, oh, he big was a man. big mother. We had big man, yeah. big hands, without weights. He never touched weights or yeah, just you know, naturally. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. I, I used to pump him, but. Fucking, uh, I, I could never grow. Yeah. You know, oh, I, really? <laughs> I, could, yeah. I tried the roids for about six weeks yeah, yeah. and just went fucking mad in myself. Yeah. All the one didn't do was make you masturbate. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I ended up with balls like marbles. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I said, fucking, I'm getting off them. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, but, uh, but I went up about 40 pounds in a week, oh, really? I yeah, reckon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I started running around. And when I realised, you know, Ned said to me one night, he said, look, Whatever I do, we can get help here. He said, so if we do a robbery, he said, I see the armed robbery squad and they'll just fucking, um, we'll just tell them where we're going to do it. Or I said, well, what's the point in fucking telling them? Uh, I said, just fucking do it. I've been doing them since I was a kid. I don't yeah. need anyone to fucking tell me how to do a robbery yeah. or, <laughs> or fucking, um, you know, and they never ever stuck their head into it. Telling us anything like that, or oh, there's a robbery, go and do that. Yeah, yeah. Some idiot I heard say on a podcast one day. Yeah. And so that that never occurred. We told them what to do. All right. You know, so we'd say, look, there's a robbery at Botany, there's one road out of there. The the the, the terminal fucking yep. uh, at Colonel, yep, right? Yep. Now, there's only one way out of there, so it's a long stretch road there, so need a little bit of help. Yeah, good as gold. Right, <laughs> so the armoured van would pull in there. So we dressed up like armour guards. Had a white panel van with an armour guard sticker on it that we got. We had all the clothes handmade, stitched up. Yep. Never got them off the police like Ned said yep, and yep, fucking yep. the ICAC. Never got them off there. Got them fucking handmade and fucking hand sewn. That's how good they were. Mm. They were fucking perfect. Right? Oh. <laughs> so, and when we'd see them go down the fucking road, and on this job, there was going to be 750000 there. And the paymaster said, he said, all I want out of it is fifty grand, but there's 750000 there. So I went right here. I said, so we'll go and have a bit of a gander, because that was my job. I'd go and do all the homework. Yep. You know, I'd find out the best way, the best side streets, the mm. best fucking where we're going to put the other car and change over, and that was my job. And... And I said, and your job is to just keep them sweet. You yeah, keep yeah. them sweet. Yeah. You know, even if you don't even turn up the robbery, I'll grab a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I already knew blokes that, yeah. you know. And he said, no, no, I'll come with you. So, so we go to this fucking turnout. Now, we, we're not even got disguises on, mate. Yeah. So that's how sweet we were. Yeah, yeah. So I just walked <laughs> in, except my hair was uh, blacker. Yeah. And I had grey hair at the time and plenty of it. <laughs> and fucking uh, black and grey, but it was fucking. Um, but I had it real black and flat, and yep. you know. Anyway, we went in and and um, and attacked the. Uh, what we did, we waited for them to leave. But once we they left, we knew the money was sitting in the main office. But it was all locked up with security locks and double locked, and they only had a people. So <clears throat> I, I just walked straight up and. Knock on the fucking door. Well, I see Ned standing out there, some big bloke in the armour guard. So they open up the door, so when we <coughs> go, I said, right, you hog time. I went straight to the tank. It was mm -hmm. a massive big tank, you know. So I opened up the tank and fucking, where the, where the fuck's all these boxes that I've seen? Yeah. You know, they're not there. So there's just one big one big box. So I take out the one box. They said, it's all been changed over. They went to fucking pay slips. No way. And they were putting it into their banks. Bar about hundred and seventy five thousand of it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that's all we got in the in the cash. Ah, spewing. You know, so we're fucking hell and you know. Anyway, yeah. but as we go up the so road, did you give the bloke nothing then. Yeah, yeah, gave yeah. you nothing. But, but, but yeah. as we got up the road, and we're and we're parking, they come down the street, the jacks, yeah. on their way to the, onto the to the robbery. Yeah. 
you know, and as they go past, they fucking give us a wave and just keep fucking yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah, yeah, laughing, you know. Well, See how fucking good this. Yeah. You know, so that's how good it was. Yeah, that's you know, crazy. So, uh, and any mugger who didn't want to play that fucking way yeah. was fucking, you know, it was silly. Yeah. You know, so, you know, so, and, but the thing is with all that crew, like that organised crime crews that were around at the time, you just couldn't walk in there because you're a tough guy in the in the nick or yeah. you know what I mean? Like you had to have a specialty, you had to have yeah. a skill, you had to be good at burger alarms, you had to be yeah, good yeah. at safes, you had to be... Well, there's a lot of know. tough guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough guys are a dime, yeah, dime yeah. a dozen, yeah. you know what I mean? So, you know, well, you, you needed a couple of them, of course, a couple yeah. of whackers and shooters uh, if things got heavy. But, you know, the last thing you wanted to do was shoot anyone on a robbery, Yeah, you know, and, uh, and that was one of the rules that the coppers put forward they said no one's to be shot yeah you know you know unless you can fucking really avoid it because it creates too much havoc it brings for us in all different and, other people and yeah. then more people get yeah. involved so so we always made it a fucking way of not, never doing it i've yeah. only had one bloke in the whole of all the armored um, trucks and everything i've yeah. ever done that went for a he, yeah. he went for a gun like that and i, I just put that i said yeah. mate don't do it all. I want that fucking bag. Release yeah. the motherfucker now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he dropped it. And if he didn't, I would might have put one in his leg. Yeah, yeah. You know, but there was no way in the world I was going to shoot him. Yeah. And uh, and fucking kill him. So just fucking ridiculous. But how do you see like all of this life, all of that scene that you're painting? Mm. How do you see all of that like come to an end? What was? How did all that change? Like, I'm running around doing my own fucking thing by this time, right? So next minute. Sugar Ray Leonard fights Marvis Marvin Hagler. Yep. And Ned calls me at my place. I said, yeah, what do you want? He said, uh, uh, Leonard fighting on that today. I said, yeah, I'm going down to the 16-footers to watch it in the club down the road. Mm. He said, uh, you want to meet me down there? I said, not particularly. Oh, why would I want to fucking meet you down there? He said, mate, he said, I want to have a yak to you. And he said... And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I lost 5,000 to you once on Roberto Duran when he got knocked <laughs> out by uh, Thomas Hitman Earns in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> and Roberto Duran was my fucking favourite fighter, right? <laughs> and I said, bring five grand and I'll, fucking, I'll back fucking Leonard. Yeah. So I won the fucking bet. <laughs> he didn't say fucking boo to each other during the thing, you know, fucking chit-chat. Yeah. Shit. And we went and sat down in the fucking corner. And he said, listen, mate, you were fucking right. You were fucking right all the time. These blokes are going to turn on me. They're yep, going to yep, fuck. Yep. I said, oh, fucking wacky dude. What, do you just fucking realise it? Are you fucking serious? Yeah. I said, you fucking run around with a pack of fucking maniacs, mate. Yeah, like, yeah. they brought that much out here. They don't even come from here. They come from fucking Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, they've just fucked everything here, mate. Like, you, 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 you're fucked. I said, I'm running my own fucking show now. I don't need this fucking shit. He said, what if I could work out a way, he said, where we can square up and get fucking lunary. I went, hmm. I started to think about it yeah, and then, yeah. you know, me silly fucking want, wanting to fucking get rid of this motherfucker. Yeah. And I thought to myself, yeah, it might fucking take you out to the fucking end of it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how I was thinking to myself. Yeah. So I used to go down to the Valentine Bowling Club down there where I lived at the time and... I'd fucking sit there for an hour and I'd fucking plot this. You know, well, I was always a thinker, you know what I mean? So I had to get it right in me fucking head. So I could smell like there wasn't something quite right about it, but and usually I always get a fucking feeling, that awareness, that fucking spiritual fucking thing I've always had in me. I get this fucking awareness or I dream something. And I was probably getting them at the time, but I was f focused on fucking square up here mm. you know what I mean and I thought fuck these fucking swines I want to fucking so I went right out so I went right out I'll fucking play so we go down to Sydney now they'd had a crack at George Freeman and missed him so they'd all gone into hiding this is the team I run with mm -hmm. used to run with yeah. so I said right out so what's your fucking plan and he said, well, we'll take them up a gun. He said, we've fucking um, out any bullets. You know, we don't have fucking bullets, do we? Mm. And he said, and we'll give them some money. 
and uh, tied them over for a week. Then we'll, we'll fucking, I'll get the fucking location exactly where they are. And then we'll fucking just go there the following week and fucking take them out of play. We'll fucking put on a meet there that something's happened and they'll trust my judgment because of the coppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right out. So we get to the Lord Wolseley Hotel in Oldham, just up the road here. And we get to there, and I said, right, well, let's go. It's time to go. We've got to meet him up King Arthur's Court at the Cross. And he said, he said, mate, I just got a phone call off Roger. He needs to come over and see me urgently. He said, do you think you can take the gun and the money up? And I went, I'll give it here. And he, I said, where's the money? He said, oh, fuck the money. Don't worry about it. I'll have some fucking money. I went, so I drove off. I thought that was a bit fucking weird. I reckon 300 yards down the road, you go down the road here, go up the fucking hill, cross it, the bridge there, you know, you can see the Arbor yep, Bridge yep. in front of you and you're going to go right or straight up to the city. I went, that panel van behind me, they followed me all the fucking way. So I went up through the back of the city, up through Market Street, fucking bang down into fucking uh, St James, around St James Court, down the fucking, up past the cathedral, down to the, New Zealand Hotel in fucking... Um, well, in, yeah, down the loo there, right? Fucking William Street. Mm. Turn left there. Just going up, come to the first traffic lights. They, they've got to pull up about one car back from me. Mm-hmm. I can see this curtain moving in the back. I know there's someone in there. And I'm thinking to myself, they fucking coppers. They coppers. Well, I don't give a fuck. I'll work my way out of this. You know what I mean? Because they all knew I carried a gun anyway. Or had a gun on me anyway. So, plus I had this other one. So, I looked over to this fucking thing. I put the window down. It was a, a Jag, but it had um, a three fifty Chev motor in it, all fucking bored out and fuck, fucking on this thing, right? All weighted down because it was a smaller motor than the normal Jag motor. So I looked over and I looked at this boat and I thought, fuck, I know him. And I said, what are you looking at, you fucking dog? Right, well, if he was a crim, naturally he was going to go... Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm fucking yeah. burr. He didn't, he just give me the bird. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I thought, oh, probably coppers. Yeah. So I get up the fucking road, go into the King Arthur's pub, walk in there, look around, check out the duddy, check out everywhere. Four blokes in the bar, the blokes aren't there. So I walk straight over the big bay window, there's a bay window there, and I watch the cars go up the street, they turn right at the Coca Cola sign, right at the fire station. I'm parked on the side as you come down the ramp, right, mm-hmm. to join back William Street. Next minute up pulls this detective car beside him. He got out and he's fucking up him for the rent, you know. Bang, now, fuck him. I said, well, they've got to be jacks. I thought, well, this bloke's not going to turn up. It's no good me pissing off. I've been set up here. There's, a, there's something sniffy not right here. So... Unless they've just jagged me and they've heard a conversation or, you know, so I still wasn't fucking aware that I'd been fucking trapped. So I thought, well, if I go up here and go left and go out across, I'll never fucking know. So it's always been my go. Go in the lines then, find out what the problem is. <laughs> fucking sort it out and fucking, if you fucking don't come out, well, you don't come out, you mm-hmm. know, so. In I fucking, up I go, turn right, right again, down, copper car takes off in front of me down William Street. Panel van pulls out behind me, same routine. No. I went, this fucking green car's been with me all the way. I didn't even fucking take notice of that one. So, and I knew that they get in front, you know what I mean? I was always aware of that, but I kept on following this panel van. So I get down the bottom, went back the same way. Bang, bang, up past the cathedral, round to St James Station, got to David Jones, hit Market Street, come to Castle Ray Street, lights go red. Van pulls up a bit. Two cars behind me. And I can see daylight come from the back. because it was an old Sandman wagon. They opened up the back doors. But all the old surveys yep, yep. that we're around. So I thought someone was just ready to jump out. So when I look straight across the road, this part of the city's dead. All the shops are shut. Mm. Right? It's after lunch. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Here's the cop parked in Market Street with his wheels turned right out like that. I knew he was going to trap me. Yeah. So I just fucking drove straight through, mounted the gutter on the other side, 
nearly run over one of them fucking blokes. No, well, I did run over him. Yeah, yeah. One of them blokes fucking sitting there with a the fucking earpiece yeah, on yeah, with the yeah. cage around him trying to fix up the telephone. Fair wrong. Yeah. So I run Trey over the top. Well, he got his head down. He got underneath the car. Went down the fucking hole. I reversed back over him, fucking shot up in the car, so race mode, and spun the car. Well, next minute, I'm facing the one-way street and the fucking buses are flying past me. Well, next minute, I see them hopping back into the fucking... back of the fucking uh, panel van with balaclavas on. Mm-hmm. And the cop car's gone. I went, what the fuck? <laughs> so I've, you know, I've got the guns. I've got them both between my legs as I'm driving. Yeah, yeah. I thought, well, if I'm going to get attacked, they're fucking up now. Yeah, yeah. Right, if they're crooks. So I had, I had to be fucking that careful who I was going to fucking let go at. So, so anyway, I ended up driving down the Lord Nelson Hotel. I had a bit of a think to myself and I thought, I've been fucking sat up here. I thought, no, I'll just go back in front, Ned, and I'll, I'll just... Let him know something's happened. I just want to see his reaction because I could read him like a fucking book. So I walked up and he was just standing there. When he seen me walk around the fucking corner up the laneway there, just off Jones Street, he went, fuck, you could see him going, what the fuck's he doing here? Mm-hmm. Right, you know, because they thought I'd be dead. Now, what I found out later, they were going to shoot me dead there. Right? The copper was going to block me. They were going to pull up, yeah. finish me off, right? He was going to drive around the block, go through, look look how I found Abbo Henry's on the street here, run the gun through ballistics, mm. match fucking four, three yeah. or four murders in the underworld, you know, in the gangland wars, plus it shot Drury. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. I'm fucking gone, best bunny going. Yeah. So I drive back, I've got the fucking gun, I wiped it all off, got back to the fucking place, handed it over. And I said, here's the fucking gun. Someone just tried to kidnap me or fucking murder me, one or the fucking other. Mm. And quite worked it out yet, right? And I, he just fucking looked at me dumbfounded, right? So I walked off, walked around the corner, got in my car, drove down the street, walked back up around, got up in the bull road down the other end, jumped yep. over about three or four fucking little front houses. And I sat on this wooden bench looking up the street. I like how learnt you are of the streets. Oh, yeah. You're very learnt of the streets. Oh, I'm from Ultima, yeah. but how hey, you know, Jones Street, Bulwara oh, Road. Oh, fucking yeah. You know every street and every suburb. Yeah, like, and I've, that's impressive. Yeah, I know people from Glebe that don't know Bulwara Road. Yeah, that's and, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, but you've got to know your bearings, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> where you are. And where you can get through and there yeah. you can fucking slip. Yeah. And uh, so... I sat on this fucking bench and I looked up the road and I waited a while and next minute up they pull. Flannery, ran a gas, copper. And then up pulls fucking Roger. No way. And they're all having a big tin fack and wag. And I went, gotcha. Yeah. So I went, right. That's fucking Time to fucking square up, brother. So (coughs) before I could do anything with, you know, Flannery and fucking all that, they fucking disappeared off the face of the fucking earth. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they shot the copper, they had no fucking luck, they had to go, mate. Yeah, yeah. And everyone thinks naturally, oh, Rogerson must have got rid of him. He had mm. fucking nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, yeah. 100% on that. I put my life on it. Right, you wrote, so you said this, like this stuff, these stories, they're in your book? Yes, mate, yes. Yeah. How long did you write that? I wrote it in uh, about two... Well, I wrote it while I was in prison serving eight years for the yep. wounding of a police prosecutor. Yep, yep. And uh, I got sentenced in 1991 and got out in 97. Yep. And I wrote all, all that in this fucking my memoirs that, uh, when I got out. And then uh, my son-in-law, or future son-in-law, he's still fucking not married yeah, to me, daughter. Yep. But <laughs> he uh, got with her and... Um, he, he was an ex-journalist yep. who I uh, wasn't real keen on coming out of the fucking house because he was a journal. Yeah. But uh, anyway, he ended up uh, co-writing it and uh, I released it about, oh, I don't know, 2006 or something like that. Yeah, nice. And then I released it as A Treacherous Life and yep. then That's the what ABC... That's A Treacherous we, Life, yeah, that's the name of it. and yep. we sold it at the ABC and the ABC bookshops went belly up. Yeah, yeah, I remember so, so what we did, got the rights back for it, and then as the years went on, a few people fell off the perch and mm-hmm. a few other things happened. I just added some chapters to yeah, it yeah, nice. and renamed it The Last Man Standing the last man because, standing, yeah. 
out of out of that crew that I ran with for all them years, you know, like even yeah. from Stan the man down, all the blokes that were real fucking heavy hitters yeah. and gangsters, I'm the last of the last. Yeah. You know. That sounds like a crazy book, like an insight, like of the last yeah. man standing, literally. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a crazy. Yeah, it's still on sale everywhere. Yeah, mate. Yeah, bro. Well, yeah. you you can only get it at a treacherouslife.com. You know, I hear oh, blokes yeah. saying to me, oh, "I can't get it off the internet." Yeah. You can only get it at a treacherouslife.com. Yep. And that's my own website. I've got the book. Oh, nice. And I sign every one of them anyway. Oh, really? So. Well, that's crazy, brother. Yeah. Always like you've heard like what's that? A quarter. Of the stories, like it's off its head, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot more to it. Yeah, so <laughs> hey, like for real, I'm gonna get the book. I haven't read it. Yeah, and yeah, I, like, as you can see, it'd be a mad book, brother. Thank you for coming on. No worries, mate. Been a pleasure. Off its head, and yeah, um, it was a long time coming, brother. Yeah, yeah certainly has, yeah, brother. Yeah. Thank you, brother. No worries. <laughs>